Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. And this is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. Hey, Beth. Hi, girl. How are you? Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Good. I like how we always start out with like, hey, how are you doing? Even though we just spent the last 20 minutes chatting and we know how the other person's doing. But we got to let the <laughs> listeners know. <laughs> it's true. We're doing yeah. fine. We just doing just about fine. it for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Having yeah, some, everything uh... Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. We're doing yes, great. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. Well, I'm I'm on, over here selling stuff left and right on Facebook Marketplace, and <laughs> just you know. And now I've like this. I told you yesterday I have a seller's high because I sold a couple things, and now I'm like, what else can I sell? Yeah, because they go like wildfire. Well, it's like within my, an hour, everything's sold. <laughs> my response to her was that purging is like one of my favorite things in the world. It's the yeah. best thing. Mm. It feels so good good to have like when you clean a closet out and you have like an empty space. You're like, oh, the possibilities. (laughs) (laughs) The junk that I could put in there. (laughs) No, new stuff. Shiny new things. (laughs) (laughs) I do have a funny story for you. Well, I mean, at least I thought it was funny and kind of giggled to myself as it was happening. Okay. Um, So... (laughs) I was, I, we um, had our air conditioning or heater like serviced the other day because we've just, we're bad at that. We don't have it done for whatever reason. And so I was like, oh my gosh, a few of our friends have had their heat go out on these cold nights. And I'm like, maybe we should actually get it serviced since it's been three years since we've been here. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I had somebody come out on whatever day it was on Monday or something like that today, this week. And he came in, he like went downstairs and then he had to like go up and down to check the, um, like the thermostats that we have. And I was just in the kitchen, like chopping away, getting ready for dinner that night and then washing some dishes. But at the same time I had, I usually put headphones in and like either listen to a podcast or I've got like my tablet next to me and I'm watching a show. Okay. Um, anyway, and so I'm sitting there washing dishes while I'm listening to, I think I was watching a show that day. And I, all of a sudden this like, I don't know, anxiety like came over me because I was like, oh my gosh, this heater guy is going to, he's going to like come up behind me and murder me. What? Like he's <laughs> <laughs> And so I kept going like this and did like a quick look back. <laughs> she looked like a ninja guys. Because <laughs> I would have that thought because I'm like, I can't, I should take one out because I uh-huh. can't hear anything. Like if he's walking up to me, I won't be able to hear it. So I was like, <gasps> I looking back did you get your back. kitchen knife out and like slowly lay well, it on the right counter? There. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. And I was like, why am I thinking that way? Like, and, and we had just, or Right after that, that's what made me think of this story. I had the conversation about how, like, sometimes you can become numb to things, like researching and reading all the stuff that we read all the time, and we haven't gotten to that point. And that mm-hmm. made me think, like, no, definitely. I mean, <laughs> not that I'm like, oh, someone's gonna murder me. <laughs> we are on high alert. <laughs> it's gonna be the guy from the heater company. <laughs> anyway, we just fine. had one of our listeners message us, and she was telling us, like, um her her neighbor you probably didn't see this cuz it's my week for um mm-hmm. instagram but she messaged us and said that 
her husband was like, that Amazon guy has been sitting out in his van for like several minutes, just sitting there parked on the side of the street. And she was like, oh, he might be a murderer. <laughs> her husband was like, you're crazy. She's like, no, seriously, head on a swivel. <laughs> yeah. For real, though, because those guys are so busy. They don't want to be sitting in front of someone's house for seven minutes or several minutes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's yeah, funny. That's funny. It's yeah. funny how you like. It's good to be that way, in my opinion. We're the we're the ones yeah. that live. <laughs> yeah. Well, and this guy looked like um he didn't look like Doogie Hauser, but he like he was like I look I showed Emery the picture because they send you like a, a text. This is who your technician is gonna be, just so you know who's supposed to be entering your house. And I'm like, look at this guy. He looks like he's 10. And oh. <laughs> so I was like, and he had these little glasses. I'm like, totally looks like a serial killer. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the real how we talk about how realtors it doesn't make any sense that there's not more people like real estate agents that are like murdered and stuff it's like the hvac yeah. serial killer mm-hmm. it could be a thing has it been a thing yeah. i don't know oh well i'm glad you didn't get murdered i'm i am too i am too i'm glad <laughs> really would have known ruined but- the plan for today <laughs> yes yeah, exactly so anyway, so I mean, I mean that was somewhat of a crime story. But would you like an actual crime? Yes, story? I would. Thank you very much. All right, here you go. Okay, I think I start every time. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this was a listener suggestion. Uh, I, as pretty much all of them are these days. Mm-hmm. It's from Mia, our friend on Instagram. Oh, Mia, my yes, I love that. By the way, I think that's so catchy. I know it is. It was a, it's a good, creative little thing. Good screen name. Screen name. That's what that's called. Handle. Anyway, handle. Handle. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, this case does remind me a lot of the Stephanie Bennett case, though. Oh no! Yeah, a lot. There's a, there's like I don't not that I want to give any spoilers or whatever, but it's just got a lot of similarities, and you're just like, whoa, okay, crazy. This is the murder of Christy Mirak. Another also. Christy. Uh-huh, yeah. Also, I'm tired of doing Christies. I mean, I love the story, Mia. I'm not complaining. But this is the third Christy. <laughs> Christies need to quit getting murdered. Yeah, right? I'm, it makes, I'm fearful now. Yeah. For my life. <laughs> fearful. <laughs> so, anyway. So, Christy was born on November 3rd, 1967. Scorpio. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm 100% going to say this wrong because it's like a, a tiny little um, town in Pennsylvania, but like Shemokin. Okay. I think it's um, mid, like mid Eastern Pennsylvania, about two hours North of Lancaster, if you know, which also people say differently. Lancaster. Depending. Lan- I've heard Lancaster. Yeah. I've been to, that's Amish country. Like that's where. Oh, is it Lancaster? No, it's Caster. C-L-A-N-C-A-S-T-E-R. Lancaster. Anyway, she was raised there with her brother, Vince. Vince told reporters that she always wanted to be a teacher, that she had this space in her garage. It reminded me of me, actually. It's weird. Um, I didn't have it in a garage, but I used to pretend I was teaching people in the bathroom. And all the, like, tiles were my kids. So I'd, like, count and take attendance and 
Wait, was this weird. when you were a kid? It's not recent. This is when I was a kid. Okay, no. good. <laughs> good news. Got it. Okay. <laughs> I just felt I needed to clarify. Okay. Yesterday. Yesterday. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> You're all grown up now. You can just go do it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway, I just thought it was funny that she used to like, you know, her name's Christy. She wanted to be a teacher. She used to pretend she was teaching people all the time. She had a space in her garage that she would teach the neighborhood kids. So they'd be like out on summer break and she'd be calling them into the garage to like come to school. <laughs> Cute. So teach Very cute. He remembers her to be kind, caring, and focused. She was always laughing and smiling and dancing. As a matter of fact, she was once on the dance show, Dancing on Air. Have you ever heard of that? Never. No, but I don't know a lot of shows. Well, this was like back in the 80s for sure. Like oh. it was on, oh, 81 to 87 it was on. It's It was apparently just this TV show where they, they called it a dance on Wikipedia. It calls it Dance music reality TV. Oh, I do remember they used to have those dance shows, though, where you would just like just watch people dance. That's all it was is people would yeah. dress up and go in a big room and they would have lights and podiums and pedestals. Maybe I have seen this show. Yeah, that's basically what this was huh. because they showed a small clip because I watched a Dateline episode on this and they showed a small clip of her like on that show. And it had a... um a sister or a brother radio show called Talkin' On Air as well. Okay. And apparently, like, people like Madonna, Will Smith, Duran Duran, and, like, other famous people were on this show at some point. Wow. Yeah, it's neat. She went on to college at Millersville University, which is just outside of Lancaster. There, she met up with a group of girls who became instant friends, and they were inseparable and just did everything together including moving into the same apartment complex in Lancaster, Pennsylvania after college. Different. They, I think they have, may have had like two different apartments, like two of them roomed together and then the other two roomed together, but in the same complex. Um, her roommate was Mary. In 1992, she was had fulfilled her dream of becoming a teacher and she was teaching sixth grade at, I'm not going to say this one right either, Rorston Elementary School. Okay. Or Rorston. It's R-O-H-R-E-R-S-T-O-W-N. Wow. Legitimately have no idea how to say that. Okay. Also, sixth grade is a very tough um, age yeah. to well, teach. I think anything above third grade is really hard to teach. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. But anyway, um, she – the. One strange thing. So she just seems like a super nice, fun-loving person. Her principal says, like, she just had this special presence in her classroom. She always kept the kids engaged. They loved her, all that kind of stuff. But the one strange thing was that she was dating an older man who went by the name of Dagger, and he was, like, 20 years older than her. All right. Right. Her friends didn't really understand it, but, like, and there's not a whole lot of information out there on him. She's 25 and he's like 45. Okay. And they they didn't know why she was with him except that he took care of her. And I think she just liked being taken care of. But they didn't really feel like she was very happy. And he wasn't – they were dating for like a couple of years and he wasn't too, you know, quick to run down the aisle either. You know, he's older mm-hmm. and whatever. And then so her friends started getting married. And so I think she started to catch the bug of wanting to get married and was like, okay, so maybe Dagger's not the guy for me if he's not going to do that. And so she basically decides, okay, we're, I'm going to break things up with him, you know? Okay. And as far as they know, she did so around like December 18th, 19th of 1992, around there. 
And she was just deciding to live again. And that's exactly what they did. She immediately seemed to be like happier as soon as it happened. And they were like, all right, let's do this. Let's go out. We're going clubbing. Let's Christy's celebrate. Back. Yep. Christy's back. Let's go clubbing. We're going to celebrate your new um, singlehood and let's get it going. So they go out on Saturday, December 19th. And they just kind of go from club to club. And it's funny watching um, these ladies who, are, you know, I think this one ran in 2020, the state line. So they're, you know, quite a bit older now. And they're like, we definitely made it known we were there. Like, yeah. it wasn't like totally obnoxious, but we were like, we are here <laughs> and let's go. Like, we're ready to have Nice. <laughs> So they would have been our friends. Got it. <laughs> exactly. We probably would have seen them and been like, let's go dance. <laughs> the whoop it up girls. <laughs> yep. So all fun weekends must come to an end. And unfortunately, that's what happened on Monday, December 21st. The girls were like, great, we have to go to work. Get up. Mary leaves for work around 7 a.m. And Christy typically leaves like 7.30, 7.45. She said that she called into her, was like, hey, I'm leaving for work and we're all going to meet up later. Are you down for that? And she's like, yeah. But she kind of sounded a little bit distant. And she's like, hey, are you okay? Like everything okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. But she's like, something was like on her mind, but she didn't know. She's like, Maybe it was over Dagger. You know, even though she wanted to break it off, it's still hard. Like you date somebody for several years and, you know, it's still hard to break it off even though that's what you want. Right. So, but anyway, she leaves for work. Christy is typically at work pretty early to prepare for the day. And her principal, Harry Goodman, was a little surprised when she wasn't there at 8 a.m. And then it gets to be about 8.30 and the kids are starting to come in and it's like, well, this is really strange. Like she's literally never this late. This is, you know, something's going on. So, and she hasn't called. So he calls her place a few times and gets no answer. So now he's real concerned and he's like, well, I know she lives pretty close. So I'm just going to jump in my car and I'll probably like see her along the way. Maybe she's got a flat tire and I can just help her out or whatever. So he gets in the car around nine and drives to her house And he gets to her apartment complex and saw her car still in the parking lot with, like, ice still on it. So Mm. she hadn't even attempted to leave for work. And he also saw that the door to her apartment was slightly open. And so he walked up to it and through the door and just saw Christy on the floor in the living room, lifeless. Oh, no. Yeah. He basically ran out immediately, called police. And when police arrive, it's obvious that there was a struggle. Christy has her jacket and her gloves on. But her pants, underwear, and shoes were all removed. Oh, no. And the clothes, like, above her waist were kind of, like, pushed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were presents kind of all around the room because she apparently had gotten a presents for her students and she was bringing them to to them that week. And so she oh. must have been – literally, it seems as if she was walking out the door. And Holding somebody all was of like, her stuff. Yeah. And somebody was there waiting. So – there was a wood cutting board by her head and she had blood on her face and it was she was pr- beaten pretty badly like distorted you couldn't really tell it was her. She had suffered a brutal beating and she had been strangled by a sweater. Police were able to recover DNA from sperm at the scene from different parts of her body and also on the carpet underneath her body. Okay. But at this point you know, there's like DNA is like kind of coming around, but there's not really like a system yet to check right. into. Right. So they start asking questions of her family and friends. No one knows anyone that would want to hurt Christy. She has no enemies. 
Everyone loves her. They did recall um, on that Saturday night where they went to the club that they had seen another friend's ex-boyfriend who they didn't like because they believed he was abusive and also believed that he had killed this woman's puppy. And so Christy, like yelled at him, puppy killer, in the middle of a club. And so they thought, well, maybe he was upset and, you know, didn't like being yelled that in the middle of a club in front of everyone. And so was he mad enough to kill her? But no, that was not the case. They asked the principal to come in and talk with them. And he said as soon as he walked in, they started fingerprinting him. And he realized, oh, my gosh, they think it was me. Like, because I found Oh, her. right. I, and they start questioning him, like, why did you drive to her house? What were you, Why would you do that? And he was like, well, it's just the kind of guy I am. Like, I care for my employees and I knew she lived close and it was an easy thing to just go and do. Well, yeah. But when you said he did drive to her house, I did think like, but you're working too. Like, you you know, hmm. Well, yes. It's I true. mean, my boss liked me a lot, but she would not have done that. <laughs> right. True. I mean, yeah, I guess fair. I'm thinking like, Small town, super nice people. Like, this is just, I don't know. It, it was hit the way he did things. Okay. So, so they're asking if, you know, he has an alibi and asking why he did that. And he said that he went to the gym before work, went home, took a shower, and then went to work. And this is just the kind of guy he is. So I just wanted to, it was very strange. I wanted to go check on her. And he agreed to take a polygraph, which he tests, which he passed. And his DNA, they, he gave his DNA sample, and it was ruled out because it was not a match for the sample. So they quickly ruled him out. But they were like, it's got to be him because he mm-hmm. he found her. Like, whatever. But – and I can't imagine for that poor guy, too. Like, the gossip that was probably happening at school, especially, you know, between the teachers and, like, parents and stuff that – anyways. So, poor guy. But well, already devastated weird. because he's found one of his employees murdered. And so exactly. – and then to be a suspect. Yeah, that would be tough. Yeah. Yeah. So the day after her death, a man walks into the school that Christy worked at and asks for her. And they inform this guy, well, she died yesterday. And the person was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. And which they thought was really strange because they're like, it's been all over the news. It's plastered everywhere. There's zero chance that anybody that's in this town doesn't know that she died. Mm-hmm. And it turns out to be Dagger. And So they all thought it was really weird for him to even come to the school because he never had. He'd kind of been like laid low and like it was kind of in the background in her life. He had never come to the school. Like her friends were even saying Christy would have been shocked if she was there and he showed up. So it was strange that all of a sudden he did the day after. So they take him in for questioning. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Turns out that he was 100 miles away in Virginia because he had just moved there with his wife. (gasps) Jigga, what? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And no one knew he was married. Her friends were like, I don't even know Christy knew that. Like, there's a really good chance that he was hiding that all along. Oh, my. When they broke up, he moves to Virginia. And so that's where he was. He wasn't anywhere near the place. So why was he at the school? Well, I don't know. That was the day after. So I don't know if he came over or up. Where's Virginia in relation to Pennsylvania? <laughs> like drove up maybe. I don't I don't know. I don't know. There wasn't there's not a whole lot of details about some of this stuff out there. But he regardless, he has an alibi and it's not his DNA either. So Okay. You know, whatever. Oh, he smelled funny. He does. Dagger. How do you why do you go by a nickname Dagger? 
I don't, like, I don't, know. I don't even want to guess. <laughs> yeah. No, no, don't. So her friends remember that a couple of months before her death, Dagger had come over and he said that he saw when he got there a man like in the bushes outside of their place looking in windows. A lot like Stephanie Bennett's case. Yeah. And the girls ran outside and like literally chased the guy down because he immediately <laughs> ran out of the bushes and they chased him, but they never got a good look at his face because he had like a hoodie on and it was dark and whatever. But gosh, look at those strong women like I was just yeah, out. Wait, that's really ballsy. I would yeah. not. I would be like, lock my door. <laughs> right. I'd be like, blinds. you go out there. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Come on, help us out. You're just going to walk in and say, hey, someone's outside your window <laughs> and not do anything about it. Like, anyway. Yeah. And they chase him down. Wow. They chase him down. And they also recall like seeing this white car that they just started noticing driving a lot in the area and past the complex, but they didn't really like think anything of it. They just now are now thinking, oh, there was that white car that started driving around. And they thought it was a Toyota Celica. And other neighbors that they spoke to had said, yeah, we, we've noticed this white car driving around a lot too. But they said it was like a Dodge Daytona, which when you look at the two cars, they're very like similar okay. like body styles and whatnot. They're a little different, but enough to like, well, who knows? I don't know that I would be able to like name a specific car. Mm-hmm. So, but for whatever reason, the police only really look into people that owned a Dodge Daytona. They didn't check into the Toyota Celica. And the interview that I saw, the policeman was like, I, I, don't, I don't have a reason for you. It's just what they did. And I don't know why they chose only one to look into, but they did. Hmm. And they come up with nothing. So then they, they're, you know, chasing out down lead after lead. They get like calls every now and then and they, you know, go for it. But nothing really comes of it. And soon it's years later, a lot like Stephanie Bennett, like they would get leads and then it would just turn out to be nothing. Oh my. So in 1998, so this is now six years later. Wait, also could just for a second, can you imagine being Mary and living this in this apartment and your roommate and friend was murdered in the apartment by this, for what we think is a stranger and you're still yep. there. Mm-hmm. Just like, yeah. Yeah. I vulnerable. Cannot. I can't imagine. No. No, not at all. So six years goes by. 1998 is when CODIS is up and running. And so they run the DNA through the system, but it doesn't match anybody that's already in the system. So again, here we are at a dead end. Christy's mother dies about 10 years after her death from cancer and without knowing mm. what, who, why, nothing about. Oh, gosh. It's so sad when that happens. So tragically sad. So many victims. Yeah. And at this point, basically her case is going cold because they just don't have, they have nothing. Now they have no leads. They have nothing to go on. However, the story is not over just yet. And after this break, I'll let you know how the investigation continues. Hello, Twisted Humans. Do you find yourself wanting to know more about the latest murder, conspiracy, cult, or haunting? Then this is the podcast for you. We're bringing the most intense stories that will keep you up at night. Join us every Tuesday for a glass of wine and a dose of true crime. I'm Alicia. And I'm Sierra. And this is Twisted Twisted and Uncorked. So, 25 years goes by. 25 years. 25 years after Christy Mirac, Mirac is assaulted and brutally murdered in her home, some adva- advancements in DNA 
are being made. In 2018, there's a thing called genetic phenotyping. Do you know what that is? I'm sure you do. That's how they caught the, what's his name? Who what, was the killer, right? Oh, well, Golden State. Gold, the Golden State, yeah. Golden State killer was more the, um, what's that? Uh, the Oh, that was the familial DNA. Yes. Okay, the genealogy. Okay. Yes. The genealogy stuff. But yeah, that I was actually going to get to that. But this is more where they can take a DNA sa- sample and basically reconstruct a composite of what a person looks like based on their DNA, like down to hair color, eye color, like their heritage, so their descent. And so they basically make this composite of this guy, of the the murderer. And they show it to people and they're like, well, I don't look very familiar. Like, no idea. Can't can't figure this out. So that kind of – it gives them something else to go on, but it doesn't really go anywhere. And they find out that he's from of European and Latino descent. Hmm. And so they then, not long after this part, out in California, is when the police figure out who the Golden State Killer is because of the genealogy database. And so investigators are now like, okay, well, let's give that a try. Let's see mm-hmm. if there's anybody in the system that is related to this guy. Or maybe this guy is in the system. Mm-hmm. So they run the DNA through that database and they come up with a match. A man named Raymond Charles Rowe is who they end up like figuring out because his half sister had her stuff in the um, system. And so through her, they figured out his and found his name. And he lived like down the street, essentially, from Christy (gasps) and her roommates. So they, they have a match. And and when they fi- find out that he's of European and Latin, Latin descent, so they can, they 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 basically they know it's him. They they know it's him, but just because they have this match, doesn't mean that they can just arrest him on it. They have okay. to find. They have to get an actual DNA sample okay. from him because Got this it. was his half sister's sample that was in the system. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. makes sense. And also. When you, I'll have to post this, but when you look at the composite drawing that they made and a picture of this guy, they're actually pretty like wow. I mean, it's not like they t- look like twins or anything, but you're like, oh, okay, I can see that now. Mm-hmm. So, I'm gonna give you a little background information on Raymond. He's somewhat of a local celebrity. He started out as a break dancer in the early '80s and won some local DJ battles as well. And he was then a DJ for a local club for about 15 years. And he started a company called Freeze Entertainment. He was called DJ Freeze, by the way. That's what they called him. Okay. Yeah. Very, very interesting guy. He, um, it was a party promotion company, and and he would also DJ on the side. He lived in Chile for three months while working a DJ gig at a club there. So that's, I mean, he's basically living the DJ dream. Like, and in the eighties and nineties, if you were a DJ. That was amazing. That was, I mean, even now it's super cool, but like it was so new and it was what people did. They went to clubs and DJs were there and they were huge. Right. Yeah, exactly. And he's apparently very good at it and he's actually able to make a living off of it and live in another country for three months because this club wanted to hire him. So he must have been like truly something bigger than, you know, just an everyday Mm -hmm. DJ. He's married at the time that they find him. Mm. or discover his name, and has an adopted daughter. He adopted the woman he married's daughter. Okay. And they're living in Lancaster. And 
so at this time. And so he had been also married like three or four other times, I think for a total of four times. Mm-hmm. So three other times and was at the time of the murder engaged to somebody completely different. So this was, and he had been like moving all over the place. He lived in New York doing DJing and like, so he was just kind of like all over the place. And then he decided to come back home to Lancaster and settle down with this woman and her daughter. So his picture is shown to Christie's friends now that they know who he is, but they don't know him. And they're not even really sure that he was DJing at the club they were at that weekend. They can't say that for sure. He could have been, but they don't know. They, well, it's been a hundred years. What? Right, almost exactly. 30 years at this point. Right. But one of them does remember that he went to her church and also remembers meeting him at a wedding expo when she was talking to people about DJing her own daughter's wedding. Oh. So she's like, I literally sat in front of him and talked to him about doing it. And she's like, he had to know who I was. Like he had to know who I was. Mm, That's really, really creepy. Right. Yeah. No kidding. I don't think they ended up hiring him anyway. So good thing, but no DJ freeze. That's good. Right. Yeah. No DJ freeze. And they, and there was also like, besides that, but that was, you know, later on in life back in 1992, there was no connection between any of them and this guy. So they took a look into his past which was pretty unremarkable. He had one arrest in 2001 for disorderly conduct and resisting arrest, but nothing like... Hmm. Could have been club-related. Right, exactly, exactly. One thing that connected him besides the DNA was back in 1992, he owned a white Toyota Celica. Celica? No. Yes. And so if they had actually looked into that Toyota Celica, they would have found some people in the area, including him, that owned this car, but they didn't. They only checked that Daytona, the Dodge Daytona for whatever reason. Mm, That's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. So as I mentioned, just because of all those things doesn't mean they can just go ahead and go arrest him. So they need to get a DNA sample from him. So they start to basically like have some tight surveillance on him. They find, they follow him everywhere. They're just waiting for him like Drew in Mm -hmm. Stephanie Bennett's case Mm -hmm. to throw something out that they can pull out of the garbage and get some DNA sample off of it. But he never throws anything out. Like, they follow him for a while, and he's, like, not throwing anything. He's keeping it just like the nut, Drew. Even, like, he doesn't put trash on the curb or anything? His I, wife I guess it? not. I guess not. I don't know. But I guess if it was if it was from his house, they wouldn't know whose it was. Well, I mean, I guess they'd get something They could get from... all three, the wife, right, yeah, the daughter, and true. his, and then match it to the DNA yeah. found at the crime scene. Yeah, that's true. But I... I mean, I don't know. I, I, that part, I don't know. I know they were following him and they weren't getting anywhere. So they finally catch a break though. DJ Freeze has a gig at a local public high school because according to his website, like he would do like um, homecoming dances, proms, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And an undercover cop goes to this particular event and is able to recover a water bottle and a piece of chewing gum that he had. Yeah, I know. Gross. Disgusting. So they test the DNA from those two things, and they get a match. It is stated that the chances of the DNA found at the scene to be somebody other than him, those chances are one in 200 octillions. I don't even know what that number means, but I, we got you, DJ Freeze. That's yes. what I know. <laughs> it's 1,000 trillion, basically. Wow. Is what it is. There's like 26 zeros or something at the end of that number. There's like literally zero chance that it's not him. Right. There's not that many people on planet Earth. Right. Times a lot. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. 
They finally have what they need to arrest him, but when they go to his home, he's not there. And they find out, based on, I'm sure, chatting with people, that he's on actually a cross-country trip with his wife and daughter. And so- What are the chances? Right? Yeah. Right? So they have to make a decision like, okay, do we go and try and catch up with this guy and arrest him while he's on his trip? Or do we wait until he comes back? Because at this point, they're like, well, if we start to go after him, but we miss him in places, and then he starts to find out that they're after him- Will he hurt his wife? Will he hurt his daughter? Like they didn't know. So they just wanted to keep them safe. So they waited. They decided to wait until he oh came gosh. back from his trip. You're not going to tell me he's been involved in a motor vehicle accident or something, are you? No. Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, good. Okay. Like He's coming so he home, comes, right? Okay. He came home. He came home and he gets arrested on June 25th, 2018 after 25 and a half years of being basically on the land wow. for this murder. Like, I mean, he wasn't because he probably just thought he got away with it because nothing ever came of it for so long. He admits to the murder. Wow. Yes. He says he just snapped in the moment and he was on cocaine during that time and a bit of a thug. And so he admits to it. But not – there. that was all it said. There was no reason why – like he didn't didn't have any reason. Like why her? Was he – so he was the one stalking them. Yes. Yeah. And I – I, we don't know. This is what's going to be frustrating. We literally still do not know why he chose her, why he did it, why, what happened. I literally have no idea. He said that he cleaned up his life after that and tried to give back to the community whenever he could because that makes up for murder. Nope. Raymond, DJ Freeze. As they're awaiting this to go to trial, Raymond accept, accepts a plea deal. Why can't I read today? I'm sorry. A plea deal to avoid the death penalty on January 8th, 2019. And he pled guilty to first-degree murder and gets a life sentence. And rape? They didn't charge him for rape? Huh. Oh, well. Yeah. No. And so, but but this doesn't, this is, means there's no trial. And so his her brother, Vince, was like, this is kind of bittersweet. I mean, justice is being served. We've got the guy. But now we don't. We still don't have answers because maybe yeah. in the trial, why would have been brought up something mm-hmm. like that? You know, motive. We have no sure. idea why he did this. One day he just decided to go into her room or door and knock on her door and rape and kill her. Like no clue. So his fiance at the time, Monica, was interviewed at multiple places, but the one that I saw was on the Dateline episode, and she. It's actually called Facing the Music, and it aired on April sixteenth, twenty twenty. If anybody wants to watch it. She says that she remembers this happening, this murder happening, and like watching it on the news with him and having multiple conversations about it and him giving her advice on like how to stay safe and whatever, like basically telling her how to stay safe from you because you're the one that did it. What a sicko. And she's like, it's so weird because that night he definitely came home and slept in the bed next to me. And four days later, we celebrated Christmas and he was just able to go about doing all of those things, like, it didn't even happen. Like, it was crazy. I don't know if I could do that. Uh, you so, definitely couldn't. No. <laughs> I feel like, I could say that pretty confidently. Yeah. Yeah. No, I You're I no DJ I don't, I, Freeze. No, I am not. Okay. But in September of 2021, so just two months ago, mm-hmm. Raymond Rowe went back to court to ask for a new trial. He's now saying that he did not commit this crime he said he and Christy had consensual sex that morning, and then someone else must have come in to kill her. Okay. Heck of a coincidence, DJ. Right. Exactly. And, and yeah, anyway. But there's no other DNA. So 
When did right. that happen? Because I mean, her pants were pulled down. If you had consensual sex that morning, you wouldn't. Did you leave her with her pants pulled right. down and her shirt pulled up, laying on the floor, and left the door open? And somebody was right. like, "Hey, yeah," and you were like, "Yeah, go ahead. She's ready." Like, no, that's not what you did. So he wants other things at the scene to be tested for DNA, like that wooden um, cutting board and the sweater, and which I guess were not tested for hmm. DNA in the beginning. And it said in the initial um, – when the, his initial attorneys were doing the case, they didn't ask for that at the time because they already had his DNA from the carpet and on her body. And they were like, if we get more DNA for him, that's just nailing the co- – the, you know, putting the nail in the coffin. Right. Like there's more. So they didn't ask for it then. But now he wants it to be tested now because he thinks that it'll prove that he doesn't have DNA on it and then he'd get a new trial. So he's saying that his DNA is only associated with having sex with her, but not murdering her. The things that murdered her were the cutting board and the sweater, and his yes. DNA would not be on those, which would exonerate him in his opinion. Possibly. Yes, exactly. Okay. So he also says that his lawyers at the time told him that he needed to take that plea deal because he had to avoid other charges that they were about to bring up on against him. And it's not known what these other charges were, but he's saying that that's what they told him. Like, you're going to get charged with something else, so just take this plea deal and get it. So he basically he's saying he was kind of forced into it and didn't really do it. So the last – it this is not like, you know, and it hasn't ended yet. The last story that I read was that the defense – so that was in, I believe, early September. The defense would have 30 days to submit a memo of its pos- position – then, so that would be like end of um, September, early October. Then the Commonwealth would have 30 days to respond to that. So that would be the end of October. And then they would have another 10 days to respond. His defense would have 10 days to respond to what the Commonwealth says. Okay. So I'm thinking literally any day now, we are going to hear the answer to this, if he's going to get a new trial or not. And so clearly we'll update show notes or put a little blurb at the end of this because I'm sure by the time this airs in January, I think, <laughs> I think it's January when <laughs> this is being um, dropped. So um, we'll find out. Hopefully we'll know by then and I'll add it. I don't know. I can't see him getting an appeal. Even if he does, they can still charge him, which is what my guess is the other charges were that they were threatening. They could still charge him with like rape, sexual mm-hmm. assault, probably breaking and entering there's other things that they could charge him with that he would still serve jail time for so even if he does get the appeal maybe they can bring those charges on him yeah yeah i don't know i mean i can't see him getting this appeal i can't either but and because i also think that you have a certain amount of time to withdraw your your guilty plea and that i i don't know i feel like it was it had run out so i guess that's why he couldn't just withdraw it he has to get a new tr- ask for a new trial, right? Anyway, crazy, crazy. So hopefully, I I'm keep, keep an eye on this one because I want to know what the heck is happening. Just gonna Google DJ Freeze every now and then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, set up a set up a Google alerts. Well, anyway, how crazy is that? Isn't it so similar to it is Stephanie Bennett's case and like how it was just like this random thing we think, and then how the DNA is what you know down the line years later is Mm -hmm. what gets them. Yes. And it's also proof that you will get caught. Mm -hmm. We will find you. Mm -hmm. So don't ever think you're comfy. 
Yep. Remember DJ Freeze. Yes, exactly. Wow. I wonder how Mia heard of this story. Oh, yeah. I don't know. If she's from the area or something. I always wonder that. If it's a hometown story for them. Oh, yeah. I know. I should ask her. That's pretty scary. Or maybe she just heard the Stephanie Bennett story and was like, I know one like that. Right. Yeah. That could happen too. Right. Yeah. Well, that's a good case. I am going to keep my fingers crossed that he stays right where he is. Yeah. Me too. Because I I don't have any doubts. I feel like he is for sure the one who did this. You know, it's interesting to me too. I was thinking about this the whole time you were telling the whole last half of that story that Mm -hmm. he went 25 years. He committed this extremely violent act really Mm -hmm. violent and then nothing. And then he never, yeah. I mean, we don't know. Have they ever looked into like other unsolved rapes? And I would assume that they probably put his stuff in the system so that if anything else flagged. So yeah, I would imagine he traveled around everywhere and yeah, he's in the system now. So it is what it is if somebody else pops up, but that's just bananas to think that there are people, you know, because we think about these people who commit these really gruesome acts on strangers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that this is something that they just have like a desire and urge or a sickness for and they they keep offending they don't you know right so even if it, it was once like um maybe he's a rapist <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and if he went in to do that and then something just snapped like he didn't go in to do that i don't mm-hmm. know but yeah did he has he done that before i'm sure that's also in the system and mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't know. It's yeah, it's so strange. So strange that he did this and didn't do anything ever again. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, be on alert, Christies. Mm-hmm. For real. I'm going to say they're coming at you from everywhere. You've got husbands <laughs> killing Christies, strangers killing Christies. I mean, I need to just sit in my house, lock all the doors. I can't go on vacation. Because my husband. Right. Can't go on a cruise. <laughs> I can't open the door to a stranger as I'm walking the way out to work. Thankfully, I don't work. Maybe it won't happen. Now. I guess. What? It's terrible. Yeah. All right. That's get in your closet. Yeah. Our message is for you. <laughs> you yeah. and all the Christies out there and everybody else. Well, this poor girl, bless her heart. May she rest in peace. May she know that justice was served. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness for her family, even if it took a long time. I'm glad there was answers, not answers. I'm glad that someone pay is paying yeah, for her death. So, okay, well, that was a good one. That was a doozy. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. Happy Monday, everybody. And if your name is Christy or if it's not Christy, always remember the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closet.